DJ, PK, and Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points newsletter and podcast. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. So secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Matt, I'm irritated, and I suspect you are too. The college football season is almost here in Oklahoma, Texas, the SEC, and now this alliance thing. We needed this weeks and months ago. We didn't need this now. What are they doing? What about us? What about our needs? <laughs> They're completely screwing up my publishing schedule, right? I want this in July. That's extra point season, right? Like that, because I'm the you. guy that wants to really get in the weeds with that kind of stuff. It's 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 was completely insensitive, and and honestly, like. I'm even more angry because I sat through that entire Alliance press conference, which absolutely should have been an, e- uh, an email. It should have been with a meeting <laughs> well, they did do an that, email. that went way too long yeah. and wasted everyone's time. They didn't talk about, they didn't say out loud the part that seems pretty obvious. The SEC's gone to 16, and it suddenly occurred to every league, wait a minute, they might do to us what they did to the Big 12. They're, giving, they're doing ESPN's bidding. ESPN's, here, take some money. We'll pay you well. Let's get a monopoly on the top tier of college football. And so these 41 teams with a handshake deal, they're not held together by a document. They're held together by fear. Most of them fear that they could be on the outside looking in. It was fine when they did it to the Mountain West and the Big East, but they don't want it done to them. And so they're creating this alliance and more TV product and trying to generate enough money that the... Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and Oregon, don't, Florida State, don't take off for the SEC. And they'll take a few friends with them, but they're not sure which ones, and it's scaring the you-know-what out of all of them. But nobody wants to call out ESPN and the SEC and admit they're in a position of weakness dealing from fear. So they end up saying nothing because they can't say what's really important. That's bad PR. Nobody would do that. Your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's also bad PR to to a press conference where you don't say anything and set up this big press release to every reporter saying that this is actually about academics. Like, it, I don't think the big concern is so much that the SEC is going to poach USC and Ohio State um, and, and create their own little 2018 league and, and sail off. Like, that, that, that is a something that is popular uh, maybe among a couple of athletic directors and a lot of SEC mouthpieces, but it's not really practical. The, the bigger concern here is, hey, we expand the playoff in, say, two years which is, uh, you know, and the working group that created that proposal did not include any input from the Pac-12, from the Big Ten, or the ACC. We expand that, and we let ESPN have complete monopoly control over this thing for the next decade. And and I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten realize there's a pretty good chance when they do their next television deals that ESPN's not going to be a major partner. ESPN might not end up picking up any Pac-12 rights at all. Uh, for the for the, this next television deal, do you want then the, the or the entity that controls all of the bowls and controls uh, you know, essentially controls the playoff to then have a deep seated commercial interest in two and a half leagues and then put on their personalities trashing your league ahead of the selection show every single week? No, like and and I think that that's kind of happened already. The only way to really fight back against that is to take the college football playoff to market, which honestly might not actually generate that much more money, but it's about control. It's about empowering Fox. It's about CBS, NBC, maybe somebody else getting into the bidding here, which is what most professional leagues do to kind of diffuse that power. Cause we're looking at a world here where the NCAA is as weak as it's been since the 1940s. And the entity that really controls college football or to the extent that anything does is ESPN. 
And uh, if you're not already working with ESPN or tied in with that league, you're probably not comfortable with that arrangement. Um, and that's certainly the case for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten right now. Is it best for college football, though, to spread it out in the way that the NFL does because you look at their playoff formats and virtually all of these networks have multiple games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably better for the consumer, uh, especially if you don't really like some of the production or the, the fanfare that, that comes in with the college football playoff. I, I imagine it's frustrating if you're a fan of a, of a Mountain West or a Sunbelt team and you're watching a Thursday night ESPN game and they're, all they're doing is talking about Clemson in the playoff because they have to pump up that product, um, it, it might be better for the, you know, the broadcast experience if that's spread out amongst, amongst other, uh, other, other companies. I don't necessarily know if it's going to make more money, um, because by 2026, when this uh, comes up for market again, it's possible that more money will be leaving the conventional linear to broadcast television marketplace and going to things like YouTube or Amazon, um, and it, maybe it won't command quite the, the same rights fee that it might if ESPN buys the whole thing out in 2023. Um, you know, my livelihood doesn't, doesn't depend on that, but I think if you're a West Coast football fan, that's probably the outcome that you want. So then does CBS, with no SEC in a few years, are they going to end up televising uh, a Big Ten, Pac-12 doubleheader, or maybe even two Big Ten games and one Pac-12, and do a triple header the way Fox does, and will Fox be doing the same thing with two Big Ten games and and one Pac-12 game, and you know FS1 picking up the rest of the Pac-12? Yeah, I, I think I think it's entirely possible. You know, both of those networks have professional sports commitments that can sometimes make going all in on college football challenging. I think anybody whose favorite team is uh, you know is, is mostly broadcast on Fox. It knows what it's like when, you're, when your broadcast gets preempted for Major League Baseball or, or, or for something else later in the fall when you end up on BTN or, or some other overflow network. But I, I, from what I've been hearing over the last several weeks, I don't believe that CBS is out of the big-time college football game, even though they've lost the SEC. I know they've been kicking the tires on some low- and mid-majors. Uh, you know, the, the ESPN controls almost all of those right now. CBS Sports Network would like to have some of those like they have here with the Mountain West. Uh, and I would expect as whatever's left of the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12 hits the marketplace in a couple of years. I don't know if they'll win any of those bids, but I definitely expect them to be active. You think in the short term, is there, uh, for, for the Alliance, maybe some bigger games out of it? Can we get anything out of it? No, probably not. I, and and the, at least at least on the football side, and that's just because you know Kevin Warren and George Klyakov said like during this press conference, we're not here to um, to tear up any existing contracts. And the, all you have to do, is, guys, is pull up SP schedules, and you can see that most of the big Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC teams are scheduled out through 2028, if not the early 2030s. There's there's not really room. You might have a couple of athletic directors that are going to try to move things around, and you might get one, you know, maybe one game that's not previously scheduled with the Alliance on the next couple of seasons. Where it's way more likely to happen is with all the other sports that aren't scheduled like a jillion years in the future. So if you're a Utah lacrosse fan um, and you want to get more Big Ten or ACC games on your schedule before you're, what do you? I think you're in like the A Sun now. Great, I think that's possible. Um, there's already a Big Ten ACC challenge in, in men's and women's basketball. Could the Pac-12 get involved in some of that some more in the immediate future? Yeah, I, I think I think that that's that's probable. So if you're a fan of Utah basketball and you want to see Michigan State, like I, I think I think that's that's something that could happen. But on the football side, 
by the time there's enough scheduling room for all this to happen, man, we might all be dead. There might there might be a meteor. <laughs> College football could look totally different. Like I I I I don't have the room in my heart to care about a scheduling arrangement in 2034. Same here. See, I think that in the next, like, I'm looking at USC's future schedule right now, and USC's got one game in 24, one in 25, but they are wide open in 2027. So the new TV deal isn't kicking in until 2025. So they just kind of bide their time. But from 2025 on, they've only got five games scheduled, and two of them are Notre or six games scheduled, and two of them are Notre Dame games. So I, I think that that, and I also wonder if the pack, if all these leagues aren't going to eight eight conference games, and then two alliance games. So they'll still have ten power fives, plenty good enough to get you into a, a playoff if you're a good team. Sure. I mean, you know, during, during the presser, you know, the Pac-12 said, like, look, through our TV deal right now, we have a contractual agreement to remain at nine mm-hmm. conference games. So if we want to switch to eight, you know, maybe we could try to negotiate that with ESPN and Fox if we're replacing that with, like, a big-time you know, game. But, but that's going to be a challenge, especially on short notice and especially because – they're really trying to negotiate a big rights fee increase. Um, depending on how you count that Notre Dame game, you know, that, that's possible. But if, if you're USC, and USC's already been complaining about how the Pac-12 schedule has done them no favors and how they have to play you know, Notre Dame all the time, um, if they're going to pick up another Alliance game, if you're going to count Notre Dame as that ACC game, do you want that team to be Ohio State or do you want that team to be Indiana? Uh, I, I, can, I can definitely see the argument for not wanting to super aggressively schedule, especially if – the 12-team playoffs not happening for a few more years. If it's a four-team schedule, there's a four-team playoff, there's not really a big incentive for USC to go more aggressive scheduling than they already are right now. So what do you think the SEC was doing during this press conference that said literally nothing? They were laughing. I've I've even reached out to some athletic directors. They're like, what are we doing here? Um, they, I, I, I don't think they're taking it personally. I think they understand that this is the, 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 the binding principle of this entire organ entity here is not SEC. But the, the fact that they're not able to really articulate any kind of meaningful vision beyond we're not the SEC, you know, is, is not going to threaten anybody here, right? Like, if they come back and say, we've got a scheduling agreement, it's going to kick in 2027. We are going to push for these seven things in the NCAA Constitutional Convention. We want to do X, Y, or Z. Okay, then maybe you can respond to that. But platitudes is something that Big Ted's been really good at, you know, talking about since the 30s. Um, action has been a different thing. I think the SEC probably, they, they can just shrug anything off because they're the SEC and they're dealing from a position of strength. I think if there was anyone upset with what they were hearing in the alliance, it was ESPN because they know that these three are going to angle to keep CBS and Fox in play for the postseason because that will keep them in play for the regular season as well. Sure. And, you know, but, but hey, you know who owns the rights for the ACC's full, you know, all of their media now in the 2030s? Yeah. Is the is ESPN, which also makes you think. I don't know how stable this whole alliance is, right? Nothing was. There's no contract, right? Nothing's nothing's written down, and ESPN could put the squeeze on the ACC because the ACC is desperate to get out of that deal. It's a not. It's not a good television deal. They're going to be passed in annual revenue by Utah, by Oregon State, and by Colorado um, in, in about five or six years because they have no chance to improve that those rights. If ESPN comes in there and says, "Listen, you dropped your opposition here, taking this to market." We'll redo your deal and give everybody nine million dollars a year more. You're going to be able to peel off a couple of those schools, right? Yeah, and so do you see that that's that's a what level of legitimacy is that possibility? 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think that is that is entirely possible. You know, there's there's a reason the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have been working together administratively for you know since the 30s, right? Since, since the since the the Pacific Coast Conference became kind of a thing. Those schools have a lot in common. That's really not that true with the ACC. D- despite all the the protests otherwise here, they have different. Uh, commercial interests, they have different philosophical interests. Like, you can't get up here in the microphone and say, we are all committed to broad-based athletic programming when Clemson literally was sued this year for trying to drop their men's track team and when they're sponsoring the NCAA minimum. Like, they are explicitly running their athletic department like an SEC team. Uh, and that's true for Syracuse. That's true for Louisville on, on, on some levels. It's, it's not the same thing. And so if ESPN wants to apply some leverage or if some push comes back from other places, I don't know if you can keep a crew of 41 schools altogether. So then uh, this has always been on the back burner, but it goes to the front burner. If the ACC and the Big Ten really aren't aligned and you make good points, then the tug of war over Notre Dame should accelerate because neither one can afford to lose that. And maybe Notre Dame does stay independent forever. But man, if I were the Big Ten, I'd be a little worried that they got one foot in the ACC. Oh, sure. I mean, they, they have more than one foot. And it's not like Notre Dame can really easily join the Big Ten at this point because Notre Dame has a contractual obligation to join the ACC well into the 2030s if they join any league. And, and that, that is a concern. It, it's in the Big Ten's interest for Notre Dame football to remain independent than it is for them to join any league and potentially you know, upset the balance of power for revenue-wise. Um, and that's something to keep in mind for college football playoff deliberations, right? If there's a way for Notre Dame to win 10 games and get like a six seed and, and remain independent, they're going to do that until the earth stops spinning. <laughs> it's not about money. That is about institutional identity. There are enough old school uh, Irish boosters who would throw a temper tantrum because like people forget this. Notre Dame almost joined the big 10 in the nineties. Um, like their, their academic wing voted to do it. And it was, they had a riot among their boosters and fans. And they'll do that again unless they have absolutely no choice. And it's in everyone else's best interest, other than the ACC, to let them have that choice. Do you think going forward down the line in a number of years, schools like Utah are in a vulnerable position? Um, a, a little bit. I mean, I mean, there's this popular idea here every offseason, like the Power Five is going to split, right? They're, they're going to have their own 64-team super conference or whatever, and they want to do everything their own way. Well, you know, up, up until a month or two ago, I would have said that that's really not likely. That's not something schools want. They want to be a part of the NCAA. They want to be a part of the men's basketball tournament. But if we're going to kind of go down this accelerationist timeline, the magic number is not 64. The magic number is a lot smaller than that. And there will eventually come a point, if we head down this timeline, when schools like USC and Ohio State and Clemson will sit down and really think, do I need Wake Forest? Do I, do I need Vanderbilt? Do I need Purdue? Do I really need those? And then, you know, that, that could potentially put a, a school like Utah in a, in a more challenging position. And they, I think they've done everything that you could possibly expect them to do. They've been one of the most athletically, consistently successful teams in multiple sports in the, in the Pac-12 since they came in here. You have a growing market. You have maybe one of the only real college football cities, I think, within the Pac-12 footprint. Like, San Francisco is not a college football town. It's not like it's, that, that place cares about it, and it's growing. But there's no guarantees. So much about what makes you a dynamite brand isn't what you did last year. It's what you did 100 years ago. <laughs> and, and so Utah 
and, and plenty of the other, you know, kind of newer money programs in college athletics are going to be at a more disadvantaged place. It's always going to be better to be Ohio State than it, or UCLA for that matter, who not as good at sports uh, than it is Utah or Colorado. That brings us right back to where we started, that what's driving this is fear because there are a lot of schools like Utah. I mean, just taking the Pac-12, if you were slimming down to 40 teams instead of 64, 68, whatever, if you're slimming down to 40 teams or to 36 or to 32, well, in the Pac-12, USC, Oregon, and Washington are golden locks, nothing to worry about. Washington State, Oregon State, and Arizona, I don't really see a path. I, I, no way. I think you're done. Now, the other six schools, somewhere between, you know, maybe two or four of you are going to be okay. Well, with three, it'd probably be three or five of you would be okay. But somebody could easily get squeezed out, and you just don't know who that's going to be. All you can do is focus on what's in your control right now. And, and you, you do that by um, building up your financial infrastructure. It, it's, it really is more than just who's good at sports, right? Um, obviously that helps. I mean, the, the last decade has been absolutely atrocious for Cal and, and is going to put them in a, a weaker position if, if there's more realignment, I think, or, or more fissures in, in college sports. But it's not just that. It's also what can you do to, what can you do to make yourself more financially independent? What, what can you do to grow your fan base beyond your immediate geographic market? How can you monetize that and build a connection for that beyond just tickets for an event? Um, I think Utah's done just about everything it possibly can do. And you just have to, you, you already, you know, the rare team that played yourself into a bigger league. Um, I don't think they're in danger of being banished back to the Mountain West tomorrow or anything. Uh, but th- that's, that's, all, that's all you can focus on. And it, I think if you're a student of college football history and you look at the history of college football in the West, that's always been a problem on the back burner. It's why the Pacific Coast Conference blew up. It's why Arizona State and Arizona are in this league. It's why the Airplane Conference almost happened. The big schools in Los Angeles have always been threatening to bolt, and they've always had one eye out the door because they don't want to be with Washington State or Oregon State anymore, and there's always a possibility that that could happen. Last thing before we let you go, uh, do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia, no, maybe no, somebody else? No, 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 no. I, 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 this is the kind of thing where if there was any juice to this, I would have heard about it, right? Like, I write about this all the time on Extra Points. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. And that means something different for different leagues, Right. The West Coast Conference institutional fit means you're a religious private school. In the, in the Pac-12, that means generally you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas Tech. That's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to, to overcome that by themselves. None of them are going to substantially increase the revenue pie. If you bring in Kansas State, you're going to be losing money. Because there's there that that's that's the epitome of a non-national brand. That's a Mountain West school um, that that made the right friends back in the 1930s. Um, there's 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 no chance. Um, and, and we're we're going to hear about that on Friday. They were basically saying that in the presser, like you know, this union achieves many of the goals that we would have had here with expansion. Um, there's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers whether that's in the Mountain West, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China, like that, that team just doesn't exist right now. Matt, we appreciate the time and all the opinions. I bet 
we will be calling you to ask you to come on this show again because we have not heard the last of any of this. I, 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 I think you're probably right. Friends, this is the kind of thing that interests you. You can find me at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. You can find Extra Points, which is a newsletter that covers all of this stuff with original reporting at extrapointsmb.com. Thank you, Matt. Yep, no problem. Take it easy, fellas. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, getting you up to speed on everything we've been talking about all morning long, and we'll do it next. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bolajak. As you examine what the Jazz are now, what is your perception of what the weakness might be for this club? Weakness, probably the young type of shutdown defender. Nothing against Royce, but he's been put in some difficult situations still defending some of the best players in the NBA, and he's done a yeoman's job. But maybe does Jared Butler have that in him a little bigger? Does Pascal have that? I'm not sure. Haven't seen enough of him in this system, mind you. And how much does Rudy Gay have? You know, again, not sure. We're going to find out together. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week is presented to the top high school football player in northern Utah. And Yach, this week's winner is... Chino Furness from Ogden High School. The Tigers. Stop by John Watson Chevrolet at 3535 Wall Avenue in Ogden or check them out online at johnwatsonchevrolet.com. You know, DJ, when they finally put you out to pasture and they give me a new partner, mm-hmm. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to miss you. Miss you. Charlie, he was 80. It was a good ride. Uh, being in the stone since 1963 is a good, an unbelievable situation, really, when you think about it. I don't know that he would have thought that uh, when he was just... No, when he says, I'll join this band, he yeah. couldn't know what was coming. Yeah. He could not know what was coming. That's what makes life so exciting. Many of us don't know. Some of us can imagine it. I, I imagine if you have a family business and you probably know you're going to grow up and be in a car business... Uh, like the Murdochs or whomever, maybe they didn't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've got a guy down the street, uh, runs an auto business, and uh, all of his family, all his brothers. The, the tire business? Uh, no. That's not who you're thinking. But no. you do know people. Oh, you're talking about the Burt yeah, brothers. Yeah, you people yeah, know yeah. the Burt brothers family. No. Or, yeah. yeah, and actually they were they lived right next door to each other. Oh, really? <laughs> they were in, sort of competitors. Jake Burt has since moved. He doesn't live there anymore, but yeah, you're right. And I forgot about that one, the Burt brothers. Yeah, and now it's the Burt sons, obviously. So you probably had an idea you were going to go into that business. But for a lot of us, I really, uh, I just rejected the janitorial business and thought uh, it's not something that I want to be do- doing. You had a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth options, and we're willing to consider a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth options. Yeah, yes, nothing against that. And I did do that because I helped my parents out. Which is what made you think, yeah, yeah. Nah, this was enough of this. My father did it during the day and then came home, had lunch and then or dinner, and then went and did it in the evening. And uh, the evening was their only like their own little thing. Yeah, because everybody's gone, and they were the only ones in the building. But, but uh, we, I know, but I mean that it was their own little business. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Self-employed. The evening janitor. Entrepreneur. The day was a city of Glendale. Uh-huh. The evening. Get some health benefits in there, maybe? 
Nope. Did I? No, did they? Working full-time for a city. I wonder if they Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Some benefits. Right, I got you. I got you. Mm. Yeah, and then so they did their own little thing at night. They had a, a string of uh, bank buildings, not actual banks where you go in and make a deposit, but like where all the computers the corporate and everything. Stuff, yeah, there, yeah, there you go. And so they would do that in the evening, and I did that portion of it many times over. I thought, yeah, this isn't going to work for me, but... Uh, that's what makes life exciting, though, for a lot of folks. I mean, who, who you would never thought you live in Salt Lake City. Uh, certainly, I never did, and we'd be doing this all this time. I mean, gosh, I mean, I, you didn't accept me as a full-fledged member. I feel like Utah going in the Pac-12. First, it was 25%. Only they jumped up. Then after, like, five years, it was 26%. And then after 10 years, I think you let me get to 50%. And then at that point, at 15, you thought, okay, this has got a shot. You are talking out the side of your <laughs> neck right now. I always thought I had a shot. Yeah, and in five what, years. Any horse who answers the Kentucky Derby has a shot. At five, but years. nobody was beating Secretariat. At five years, <laughs> hmm, Secretariat, Jim Rome's Secretariat. We don't even consider that. Yeah, <laughs> but like, at the time, you we thought got you were Secretariat twice. You thought you no, were. I had, a, I had a pretty oh, good graph. Oh come on! That. You thought you were the sports radio. At five years, Grand I told Puba. you. Have your phone. Answer it. At five years. Was it five? Well, it was less than five. Seemed like 25 probably, at that it was point. It probably four years and... Seemed uh, like it was so long. Nine or it. ten months would be my <laughs> guess. Yeah, I, I'll bring along this bum. He, he supports me. Yeah, whatever. Keep beating yourself up. That's what you do. <laughs> All right. Let's get the people up to speed on the stuff we have been talking about this morning. BYU is going to name a starting quarterback. Do you have any idea who it might be? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Jaron Hall. Okay. <gasps> Thursday, you're just going to put out a two deep. Do you have any idea what it might say? It's not going to be Cardi B. It's going to be Charlie B. Whap. <laughs> Texas Tech announced Oregon transfer Tyler. Shuck. Will be the Red Raiders starting quarterback. Because if he throws a pass, that's picked off. <laughs> Matt Wells is going to say? I was going to say two things. He's going to say, oh, shuck, and then he's going to say something that rhymes with shuck. Mm. <laughs> Bad luck. That's what I thought. Now, he started. Did he start every game last year for Oregon? Because I think they, did they play six or seven. I can't remember. I want to say they played seven, went four and three. You know that I love to memorize this stuff, uh, and I can tell you right now, I will never have last year down pat. I know. I, mean, I know the Utes are three and two, but everybody else. I have else. to think about that, though. I, three and two, I can remember. That I can do. They lost two, they won three, they had a winning record, they didn't go to a bowl. Um, but every, everybody else is a bit of work. I know Washington won the division and didn't play in the conference title game because that's weird. First time ever. Easy to remember. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And, and I know Oregon beat USC, but I think Oregon had two losses. I thought they went four and three. Maybe they didn't. Oh, they had two going to the conference title game. See, that's what I can't remember. You're probably right because they lost their bowl game. And then uh, he had he took off, and that's where this Brown has come in. But Thompson, another kid, and Shark is out of Phoenix. Thompson, Ty Thompson, highly rated quarterback out of Phoenix. The, the, the uh, A of A and ASU had no chance. And he's up there in Eugene competing for the starting job. I believe Brown is going to get it, but Thompson's day is going to come. It may come sooner uh, than anticipated. I'm not sure about that. But uh, Shuck goes down to Texas Tech, opens up the job, and then Matt Wells obviously gives him the starting job. We'll see what he does. 
Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov said the conference will announce in the next few days if they intend to explore expansion and the addition of new universities to the conference. Who did you read that said it was, uh, or hear, that said it was done, that it was K-State? I thought it was Dave Wanstead. I'd have to okay. double-check that, because Dave Wanstead works Cowboy for Fox. Coach. He was yes. on 670 The Score out there And he Chicago. thinks K-State yeah. and Oklahoma State are coming in, and then we just had Matt Brown on, who was like, no. Correct. And then he also had Kansas and somebody else going to the Kansas Big Kansas and Iowa State. That's who it was. You're right. Iowa State. Yeah, yes. it was West Virginia to the ACC. Which, the obviously, West Virginia is yeah. sitting over there. The, they're like Hawaii relative to geography to everybody else. seems like they're so out of place in the Big 12 and the ACC. So that leaves which is Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech. Scrambling. Looking for a home. America Athletic makes sense. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. Bigger, um, they could redo their TV deal, and it would be a bigger presence in Texas, which would excite the entire league that wants to go recruit there. That's not a bad conference by any stretch, adding those teams. I agree. Yeah. But politics and tradition keep them at a lower level. But it's not a bad league. Well, Baylor's had its day. Baylor's had its day, absolutely. Memphis and Cincinnati have had good teams. UCF has obviously had a good run. Cincinnati's like top 10 right now. I know. South Florida has had a couple of good teams. Fickle's probably waiting for Harbaugh to take off. That'd be a good gig. High expectations, uh, but nevertheless. Because, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job at Cincinnati. Right. There's no question about that. Uh, So, yeah, that's what Wanstead was saying during, and I think it was based on uh, meetings with Fox. He was they because he obviously he works for them. It was Fox, like essentially like broadcast meetings for the upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went out. I don't know if it's at the cat out of the bag or you talk about speaking out the side of your neck, as you said to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, uh, but the idea of OK State and K State coming over. I'm surprised Matt Brown just thoroughly dismissed that. But then Klyovkov said he would let you know by the end of the week. So we'll know shortly. We're already midweek, I believe. Today's hump day. Today is Wednesday. So, yes. A couple days, this could all be resolved. Klyovkov could say, yes, we're studying it. Yes, these are the teams. Or, we looked at it thoroughly and decided not to do it. But thanks for coming, everybody. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't expand? You wouldn't Not right teams? now. No. Those teams will always be there. That's a true story. Going so anywhere. what's the hurry? Yeah. They're not getting invited to the SEC, and they're not getting invited to the Big Ten. So. Right. So they'll always say yes. So for BYU, uh, I really think out of the alliance, everything that's coming that makes sense is in the next TV deal, which is 2025, you're playing eight conference games in the Big Ten and in the Pac-12 and in the ACC, which they're already at eight. And you're playing two games inside the Alliance. You're playing 10 Power 5 games. That will impress the selection committee. Whatever the playoff looks like, you'll have plenty of competition. But it would also make it hard for BYU to schedule. So what you advocated a long time ago, a scheduling arrangement with the Big 12 the way Notre Dame has one with the ACC. But who's the Big 12? Well, that's the thing is, is there a Big 12 left to have one with? But I think that makes a lot of sense for BYU if a Big 12 remains. I don't necessarily think they need that from the Big 12 because I don't know what the Big 12 is. But I would think that BYU would still be okay, and maybe it's me wanting them to be okay, because 
in particularly in the West, which is obviously the Mountain West slash Pac-12, they bring butts in the seats, and you can argue whether they're passionate or just church al- allegiance, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't the matter. Money, they bought the ticket. Money. Yeah, right. And so they're going to show up. So if you're looking to make in a little extra cash, bring in the Cougars. And then if you sign a deal with the Cougars and they still have the ESPN deal, you know you're getting good television exposure on the other end of the deal. You're probably getting it on both. Yes. They're a brand. They are a brand. And I think their brand has been, to a degree, resurrected. And for all of this turmoil with the alliance and everything, some things remain constant. And one is there's four TV windows. And there's a very limited number of brands who can play in that fourth window. And they can. Yeah. I mean, so they have value. I think Zach Wilson's going to elevate the brand uh, because you're going to be talking about the BYU kid, the BYU mm-hmm. kid, the BYU kid. We haven't talked about a BYU quarterback since when. Uh, but now we are. And he's in the biggest media market in the world, or in the country anyway. And so uh, that's going to elevate it even more. Their name's going to be out there more. Uh, that's going to help. I don't know about the conference affiliation, this LGBTQT thing. Hopefully I got that right. I always have to think about that. I didn't roll off the tongue. Um, this week, the talk by the church leader, that resurrected that again. I kind of wonder why they don't just leave that alone. But nevertheless. They don't want to. It, obviously they, they don't. simply don't want to because it's yeah. every other whatever fill in yeah. the blank interval that seems like it's being an issue okay we got it you believe what you believe over here and that's not changing and other people over here it's morphed into what more acceptability I don't know how you would phrase it whatever I'm not trying to wade into stuff that I don't know anything about you believe what you believe they yeah. believe what they believe yeah and there is a disconnect between the two and it doesn't seem like from my perspective it's going to change so we got it already I got it. I know what your stance is. I got right. it. So be it. That's your stance. So for the foreseeable so future. let it go. So for the foreseeable future, <laughs> BYU is in the West Coast Conference, and football is an independent. And whatever the remaining eight turn into, whatever that morphs into, BYU should look at scheduling them. If, if, it, if it's Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech going into the AAC, they're going to be looking for as many high-profile games as possible. Okay, yes, I agree with you, but so, if I'm BYU, I still try to get the Pac-12 first because I think your fans want that. I think your fans this year are jacked about the schedule with five Pac-12s, two right. Mountain West. But they've got four Pac-12 Bronco games in the next all. three years. I know, I ain't got that. And so these schools that are playing 10... Um, if it, if the disc goes this kind of this eight plus two model, is BYU going to be too good to be your eleventh game? Well, no, I don't think so. No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. Uh, I, I think what's important for uh, the Arizona won't want any part of them. Arizona's taking them as their tenth game, uh, but are they going to be Arizona's eleventh game? Arizona's always wanted to schedule down. Well, that was under Rich Rod. Who knows yeah. going forward? I mean, I think they'll be able to play Utah going forward. So there's that. Um, USC, Stanford, that could still work. Uh, I think but what's I don't important is State they need it. to make sure that Notre Dame has that deal with Stanford and SC. So then it becomes a 13-teamer, as you called yep. out, ahead of Larry Scott way back when. And so they have an odd number, and they need the Cougars to fill the gap. Yep. 
that would always play to their advantage. And those teams also uh, just Stanford's playing five or playing twelve Power Five teams this year. That's so what they do. I know. So what do they care about? When I just said, well, who wants them for eleventh? Well, Stanford. You know, USC doesn't doesn't play the big well, sky. Same with the Bruins. Game. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Why are the majority of PK's stories all related to a urinal? Ex-girlfriends, Dick Enberg, Pac-12, authorities, other celebrities. I know a school down in Tucson, Arizona, who wants to take us for a ride. But the Cougars are going to do a smackdown in the little Vegas town. How you did that. that. That was Mick Jagger. You did that. <laughs> that segment you were singing earlier this morning, you did that. I'm responsible. You triggered him. Was it like January 6th? <laughs> yes. <laughs> time for your feedback now. Brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. What's the point of this Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 Alliance. Salt Lake Jake says they got together and asked, how can we screw BYU? Yeah. And I've never had any bathroom stories with ex-girlfriends. Oh, I guess I did. Yeah, I take that back. <laughs> See? I came from the bathroom. See? And the 25-year-old, you're my ex-boyfriend. But that was ex-boyfriend. That was her, not me. I was not in the port john at the time. I'm glad we cleared that up. Salt Lake Jake, who looks like he's wearing a Ute beanie if I click on this. is it? Yeah, he is. What? They got together and asked, how, how did, can we screw BYU? That's I, the whole point. I don't of the, see the how alliance. it's going to screw BYU. There's going to be fewer games available for BYU to schedule. I don't know that that's true. Well, I think it's absolutely true there's fewer, but if there are enough, it doesn't matter. That's true. If BYU's getting their four to six power five games, or power four, however this shakes out, games a year, who cares? That's about what they've been playing most years anyway. So they don't need a gazillion of them as long as they get the ones they need. Okay, and yet last year they got the biggest run ever, and they played zero. Yes, but last year was really odd. That was really odd. Uh, Matt answered with how to hurt BYU. Number one, play them. Number two, don't play them. Simple as that. That's it. I believe Matt to be a Ute fan who thinks 10 is coming. But that's a discussion for another week. Two weeks. Exactly. Week and a half. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hands and Scott here next. We'll see you.